We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 26th, 2016. And uh, today, kind of a, about only about seven pages to cover on the PDF. We're going to be playing a rather long audio, though. Um, so that's going to kind of extend things a little bit. The first section that we're going to be covering are listener comments regarding my most recent updates and teachings. I've had a lot of people ask me about any updates with the uh, the black-eyed witch that had threatened me and um, got some confirmation in the last week that this kind of thing's been going on with me for a while, put it that way. Um, people, basically witches, high-level occultists trying to use witchcraft, astral projection um, in order to kill me. Um, or take out my daughter, or take out the ministry, whatever, you know. So this has been ongoing for years now at this point. I don't exactly know when it started. I can definitively say 100% for sure in the last, I'd say, three to four years. It's really ramped up in earnest. And I've done a lot of teachings on things that they don't want people knowing. Is what I think it boils down to. That's why... They were demanding I take down the website. So, uh, evidently I must be saying some things that is really chafing their hide and they do not want it being released. And as a result, they're trying to pull out all the stops and basically putting their own lives at risk, trying to astral project into here. Uh, and, um, you know, they're meeting their demise, put it that way. By doing so, uh, because they're not understanding the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not understanding the power of prayer. They're not understanding the power of faith. And that if a Christian puts on the full armor of God, what that represents and means. They have bought into the narrative that, and it was evident when, when I read the letter from the Black-Eyed Witch, they've bought into the narrative that they're the ones that have the power. Their God is the one that has the power, that will defeat Jesus Christ and Father God in the end. And so they've, if like they were in a poker game, they've put all their chips in, or let's say a roulette wheel, <laughs> I don't know. They've put all their chips on red, okay, which is the devil. Okay, they're betting everything on that, and, and a lot of them are willing to die because of the hubris and the arrogance that they possess. They're demonically blinded as well. Some of these people are not, I don't believe they're human. I don't think the, the black-eyed witch is, she's some type of hybrid. I think they're, it's just further evidence of all of the teachings I've done recently where people, many of my listeners, have seen people with one minute, they're talking to them and they've got normal pupils and then the next second they have got reptilian slits and then, you know, a few minutes later, they've got normal pupils again. And this is happening over and over. Other ones of my listeners are seeing these black-eyed uh, women or men. Black-eyed children are the ones we always think of. But these, the black-eyed um, women or men that are functioning in society, I don't know if they're like black-eyed children all grown up, but most likely there's some derivation of that, some type of hybrid. And they're able to integrate into society better. I don't think they're doing it perfectly, 
and we're going to discuss that later, but they're able to do it better. And they walk among us, and, they're, and they are infiltrating humanity, and, and we're going to talk about that today. We're, go, we're going to look at that more. Um, and it's most likely, and I hate to say this, it's most likely more commonplace than any of us even possibly can comprehend. Because most of the time, they're not walking around with black eyes and they're not walking around with reptilian slits or whatever other way they might present themselves in their natural state. And unless God is going to reveal that to you, you're not aware of it. Okay, so that's kind of what we're, we're going to be um, looking at today a little bit. So here's some listener comments regarding the recent updates and teachings. This is from Adam. Uh, he said, Dr. Scott, the beginning of this audio was the best I've heard. I guess that was the one, I, yeah, the one from last week on the, or the two weeks ago on the Black Eyed Witch. Praise God, brother. No devil in hell will ever defeat the Lord Jesus and his children when it is all over. Continuing to pray for you. Can't wait for the weekend to dedicate more time to it. Now, I really want to thank all my listeners that have been praying about this. I really do believe that without your prayers, there's a good chance that, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not here talking about this. Um, I just, that's my opinion. <laughs> that's my, my opinion. Um, I was told a long time ago by a sister in Christ that if you don't have a lot of prayer going up for you, you will not make it. You will not survive. And um, I've, that's always stuck with me, you know. So I, I'm very, very grateful um, for your prayers, um, for myself, my daughter, this ministry, and I'm, I mean, I'm praying for you as well. Uh, I'm always trying to pray for my listeners, the body of Christ, you know, the innocent, the righteous, the, these types of things, because there's such a, an attack on, on that, on planet earth. You know, you look what's just going on in the Middle East with all the Christian and, and other and, and kind of like pseudo-Christian sects that are being persecuted and having their heads lopped off like the Yazidis and sold into sex slavery and all of the atrocities that go on in North Korea and I'm sure China and all of these different places around the world. Um, if we live in America, we probably cannot comprehend how good we have it. Now, that could change very quickly. But up until now, I, I do believe that is the case. So he goes on to say, after prayer that first night when you sent me the email, I was woken up and an evil presence was in my room. Now that first night was probably when I felt by far the most biggest battle. And that was before I'd actually, it was like a day before I'd actually released the study. I believe I'd recorded it, but I hadn't put it online yet. I just didn't have the energy to do it. And I really felt the first night when I got the email, I went and did a teaching that night, but I didn't actually put it online until the next day. And I had only told a select few people about it to pray, ask if they'd pray. I really felt like that was a huge battle that first night. And um, kind of like just trying to push back the evil that was trying to kill me. The thing is, is my response to them probably really infuriated them. And they might have done something hasty because of their rage and anger. They might have maybe been planning on doing something, I don't know, maybe they were going to wait a little bit, maybe they were going to do some type of ceremonial magic, some type of spell that would, would maybe have more power or something that they thought. 
and I think they might have ran ahead of themselves and tried to um, really go full out that first night. It's kind of the way I felt. Uh, but as a result of that, there might have been some really severe repercussions on their end. Um, I just, honestly, the first night, I just felt the power of God surging through me. Like, I couldn't hardly sleep at all. All I could feel was the power of God. Like, this tingling and this just surging and all I was basically doing. And really, anymore, I find myself, when I wake up, when I go outside, when I'm just doing my every... I just find myself praising the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just an, It's just a normal part of my day. Now, I'm not saying I'm... I never not do it, but but a lot of my, whenever I'm going about my business or, you know, going to sleep or waking up and these types of things, I just find myself praising the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is another weapon that I really haven't discussed because there's also been a lot of accounts that I've read throughout the years of when somebody will start praising Jesus Christ or worshiping the Lord, this type of thing, that if evil is right on the verge of striking that person, it is like, you know, I don't know, like throwing battery acid on the evil, on whatever type of evil is encroaching. It, it just totally defeats their... So it, this is another um, battle. This is another tool of battle, honestly. And the Bible does talk about the garment of praise, putting on the garment of praise. It also talks about putting on the mind of Christ. And these are things uh, um, uh, that are listed beyond the full armor of God that the Bible talks about. So that is another thing that I have read on many numerous occasions. That Because what does that demonstrate? If you're in the midst of some type of really evil attack and you start praising the Lord and praising the Lord Jesus Christ and praising Father God and worshiping God, that is like an extreme example of faith. That is an extreme example of who are you looking to for deliverance and not fixing your eyes on the circumstance and not giving into the fear of the evil that you may be in the midst of. Because that's always the, the the thing that the devil's trying to do. He's trying to always get us in fear. That's why he likes getting us when we're sleeping. Or, or like, you know, you, you just get up and you've heard some noise and you sense some really, really evil presence. Okay? You're at your most vulnerable. Well, the devil's a coward. And so are his minions. So they're going to attack you when you're most vulnerable. Most of the time, that's the way it's going to go down. And, like, when I'm in any type of situation like that, I will, I mean, I guess it depends what the Lord convicts me to do, but a lot of times I'll just start praising the Lord. They cannot stand it. The devil, his minions, his followers, they cannot stand when you praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a weapon. It's a very, very powerful weapon. Praising him, worshiping, bless the Lord, oh my soul, you know. Bless his holy name. Enter ye into his gates with praise and into his courts with thanksgiving. You're getting your eyes off the fear, off the evil entity, and you're getting them on the Lord Jesus Christ when you do that. And when you do that, that fear that they're trying to instill in you cannot take hold. God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. These things, okay. But Satan is always trying to bring us into that fear of man and the fear of man bring it to the snare. And when I say fear of man, I'm talking about fear of, you know, any kind of um, worldly situation that you're in. Whether, you know, it's literally Satan standing in front of you or, or, or whatever. A, a bully threatening you, these types of things. So, it's a very powerful concept what I just talked about there. And I really didn't mention it a lot last time, but it's almost like I'm just compelled all the time to just praise the Lord. Bless his holy name. And I think when you stay in kind of that attitude, it's very, very hard for Satan to get to you. Now, also putting on the full armor of God. Also have people praying over you. They're, they're, obviously, these are all huge things. But when you praise the Lord and you do that, it is the opposite of the fear of the devil, of the fear of man. If they can get you in fear, which is always the goal, the goal of all occultists, of the devil, of Satan, of his fallen angels, of his demons, of his devils. I mean, look, look, at, look at all the alien encounter things where all these people get abducted. What is the overriding thing when always dealing with some evil entity, whether you're watching some paranormal show or whether you're seeing something about alien abductions or some kind of close encounter with the devil? It's always getting them in fear. Once they get you in fear, it's like... You're so vulnerable. That was why I talked about last time about when you turn your back, even if you have the full armor of God, your your backside is exposed. Okay? When you go into battle, you go in frontward with the shield up, with the sword up, with the blessed breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, you know, loins girdle with truth, feet shot with the preparation. These are pretty much things that are, for the most part, on the front of the body. Shield of faith wraps around. Or, I'm sorry, the helmet of salvation, obviously your whole head but um those are just things to think about when dealing with this and um anyway i'm gonna go back to this letter here after prayer the first night when you said the email I was woken up by an evil presence it was in my room I immediately got up and started rebuking it in the name of jesus until the spirit of fear left and the presence couldn't stay see it's the spirit of fear they feed off your fear that's another thing what do they I mean, they don't, they don't sit around, you know, what is, their, what is their spiritual food? Well, there's different demons and devils that like different things. I'm convinced of that. I do believe they all like fear. But some devils like gluttony. Some devils like murder. Some devils like maybe a certain type of drug they're associated with. And there's always, whenever you have like different deities they're always usually something they're associated with that they more gravitate toward that that emotion that's evoked in a human feeds that particular spirit fear most likely is some type of common denominator among devils and demons though to a certain extent i think but when something's coming to you in an evil entity standpoint trying to kill you well they're always going to try to put fear in you and, and honestly, the opposite of fear to a certain extent is faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in Father God. That he can deliver you out of that situation no matter how bleak it may look. The Bible says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? So those are the things you have to 
when you're in the midst of that battle, those are the things. It's why it's so important to commit scripture to memory. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against me in condemnation, God will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. These are all verses that I, I really try to repeat over and over and over in my head. Um, not only when I'm dealing with evil entities, but just on, like, just in case I have to use them on a moment's notice, that they're fresh in my mind. You know, um, and again, what is that? That is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is really one of the only primarily offensive weapons against the devil. Now, I also would say praise and worship of God is too, though, because of the reaction that is experienced by demons and devils and evil entities when you do that in their presence and I'm, I'm talking about a lot of different first-hand accounts i've read over the years from christians that have done that but it, it it may be different in a different situation god may convict you to do something maybe in a different situation um depending on maybe what you're dealing with it's hard to say uh then he said praise god back when i was younger in the lord I have had these demons appear several times trying to choke me. Uh, but in the name of Jesus, they always flee and they didn't come back. The Lord always wins. Yeah, they don't like getting like spiritual battery acid thrown on them. I always will, will uh, if, if I remember at the time, I will always rebuke them and bind them up and cast them into the abyss. Because that's the one place they don't want to go, according to scripture. The, the maniac in the cemetery, that guy. The demons, when they went to Jesus, you know, cast us into the swine. Don't, don't, have you come to us to torment us before the time? Don't throw us into the abyss. That was the one place they didn't want to go. So that's the one place I always try to make sure that I bind them up and cast them into as a Christian. Power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the devil, the, the powers that Jesus Christ said that we have. Well, why? Well, because because they have shown no mercy, so, so shall they obtain no mercy. You think demons are merciful? You think there's any mercy in the devil's kingdom at all? And why would I want them to go about, why would I want them to just be cast out and then roam the world so they can find somebody else? The most merciful thing to do for mankind is to cast them into the abyss. It's my opinion. I know that I'm sure it could be argued different ways and this and that. But if they're in the abyss, they can't mess with us here on planet Earth. So that's what I do. I'm not going to cast them into hell. That's where the devils and, and these types of things torment other people. And, so, and I understand hell was created for the devil and his angels. But that day hasn't really fully manifested as of yet ultimately their end is the lake of fire okay all the accounts i've seen of hell is you know mostly humanity suffering in hell i haven't seen a whole lot of demonic entities and these types of things in hell they seem to be the ones doing the tormenting at least at this point now i understand then you have tartarus which is a different part of hell where 
it says the angels that left their first first estate were cast in hell. But if you translate that word from the Greek, it says Tartaros. It's a different spot in hell. It's specifically for where the fallen angels that left their first estate, their first home, which was heaven, and fell and procreated with women in Genesis, that is where they're put. Okay, so it's a special kind of compartment of hell for their punishment. And again, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be dogmatic like I've ever, you know, you know, been to these places and say, yeah, I saw them down there or whatever. I'm just saying what I can, I can derive from scripture. These are the conclusions I've kind of come to. Um, so going further, uh, let's see. I pray that when those witches try to get on your property, they're met with the fire of God and angels with flaming swords and hard faces against them. They are deceived by Satan, and when they come against the power of God, may they be saved. And, yeah, I just got confirmation this week from a witch. From, I can't say a whole lot about this, but from a, you know, little ways back, uh, that she got saved. Yeah. As a result of... A previous attack on me. Um, I can't really say a whole lot more than that. But she got saved. After. Word. When she saw what basically God had done. <laughs> to the. Mm, occultists. That were coming after me. That's about all I can say. And. Um, that was enough to convince her. So, God can use these situations to even save the witches, or the whatever they call themselves, warlocks, witches, I don't know, pagans, occultists, luciferians. Now, not all of them are, are, are capable of being saved. Number one, if they're not human, okay? Number two, if there's some type of Illuminati bloodline in their, in their you know, maybe they've got Nephilim DNA, this type of stuff. I don't know, again, it's very, very hard to be dogmatic where God draws the line with all that stuff, okay? But like I said, Jesus didn't come to earth to, to, to save Nephilim. He didn't come to earth to save people that have totally defiled DNA. This is why it's so important for Satan to get our DNA defiled. Because he realizes that. The more defiled your DNA, I really truly believe, the less likely you could ever be saved. Where that... Cr where that cutoff line is, I don't know. That's up to God. But that's why I'm so against vaccinations, because there's all this foreign DNA they're increasingly introducing into the vaccinations. They're, and then they're, they're culturing a lot of the vaccinations off literal aborted fetal cell lines, aborted babies. And then they've got all this other garbage in there and all these other GMO proteins and things of this nature. And again, it's all about creating this humanity 2.0, this transhumanistic, um, not fully human cult. And, and really, the mark of the beast is going to most likely have something to do with transforming your DNA. This is why once you get it, you can't get saved anymore. You're not going to have any ability to want to be saved. You're not going to have any conviction. You're not going to have that, you know... I don't know, maybe you just won't have a fear of hell. I don't know. 
But this is why the Bible says that. If any man taketh the mark of the beast, you know. So that's why I tell people, don't ever take the mark of the beast no matter what. I don't care what the Left Behind series said to you or any other preacher. Don't, don't worry about that. We'll only worry about what the Word of God says. Because man can deceive you and fail you and you cling to the Word of God. And the King James Bible, you know, in, in the English-speaking language is what I'm in reference to. Um, and then he said, I'm excited about this, brother. Lord bless you. It was good to hear you were fired up in this audio. I can't wait to see what the Lord will bring out of this. Lord bless Adam. And then I had another listener, Donna. She said, um, regarding your teaching on that witch, I agree with you. There are times when we are called to go fight them, especially when they taunt and taunt us. Now, I had some people email me and they were like well you really you shouldn't have done that you shouldn't have went back and forth with her i went back and forth with her two times okay and you know you're you shouldn't have done that basically and let me just read this next line it says challenging us to see if we have the backbone to stand up and fight which most christians don't Okay, or most people like when the black-eyed witch said, "Oh, I've I've went against people of much higher grandeur than yourself, priests, bishops, and politicians." And I'm like, "Are you serious? Really? What? Like the pedophile priesthood of the Catholic Church, who believe they're saved by works and keeping the seven sacraments?" I don't really. I mean, bishops. I don't know what an Anglican bishop. Oh boy, these are all people on their way to hell. Unfortunately. They're, they're all on their way to hell, unless, unless they got saved at some point, and, and, and they realize that you, you know, you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, good works will always follow a salvation conversion, but it's not what saved you. It's, it's, it, is, it is one of the evidences of salvation, and also fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance, okay. There's a lot of fruit that salvation should produce consequently a, a good tree will produce good fruit and a corrupt tree will produce evil fruit okay but we just don't want to put the cart before the horse and if you don't know what that means to actually be saved go to my website click on the true salvation tab it's at the top and, and i i have a series of audios you, sh you sh need to listen to and it walks you through everything so and that is the most important decision you will ever make by far i mean it's the difference between Heaven and hell. So, um, challenging us to see, I'm back to the letter, challenging us to see if we have backbone to stand and fight, of course, um, we don't without the power and might of the Lord. Yeah. So we know by which, and that's incredibly important, by, by what power are we fighting? Are we fighting this? I mean, I always marvel at these people that, Sometimes they're like unsaved and they're into the paranormal and they're going to go fight the, um, they're going to go to these places where, you know, haunted houses and evil. And I, I'm thinking, you have no weapons whatsoever other than maybe some occult power that you might be drawing on. But you're, it's like the devil fighting the devil. Are you crazy? You know, <laughs> so you need to know by which, by what power you were fighting the battle okay the battle is the lord's okay so you go through the lord jesus christ you go through the blood of jesus christ 
you, you, you don't do it apart from him, or you will be annihilated. Um, and then my comment was Philippians 128, and this is the verse that came into my head this week after I'd gotten a couple of these emails saying that, now most of the emails were like totally like, oh wow, what an encouragement, this built my faith up, I had all of these encouragements, but then you, you, you get the other emails that are like, well, no, you really shouldn't have done that, and I'm like, you don't know where I've been in the shoes I've been in and all of the battles I've had over the years and what I have seen work and what I have seen maybe not work. So unless you've been in my shoes regarding all of this, you know, it's not like I'm dealing with some, some un, like another unsaved, uh, like an unsaved person and, 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 and I need to be maybe gentle with that person and not, you know, be mean and sanctimonious and holier than thou. I don't want to do that anyway. It's not like I'm, I'm dealing with, with, with almost, at this point, non-human entities here. A black-eyed witch, not even human, that is, that is taunting me, that is, that is blaspheming God. It's like David and Goliath, where, where you know, Goliath was saying all of these blasphemous things, and, and David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that utters all of these blasphemous words against the Lord most high, basically. I mean, I'm paraphrasing there. And I get righteous indignant when I get emails from these devils, and they think that Christians are just going to lay down and do nothing. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get you into that spirit of fear right off the bat so that they can have a nice big gap or opening to come in through. Because if I'm over here cowering in the corner, how is God going to really protect me? I'm not showing them I have any faith. If I'm doing that. So, Philippians 128 says, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. So don't be terrified of your adversaries. Which is to them, meaning if you are terrified of them, which is to them an evident token of perdition. What does that mean? Perdition is basically turning your back on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is walking away from the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look that word up, that's the context that, that, it, that it is used in, especially in the New Testament. So in other words, it's, a, it's an evident token you've turned your back on the Lord Jesus Christ because when the going got tough, you ran. You ran. You gave up. You became a coward, essentially. So, we're not supposed to be terrified of our adversaries. And if we are, to them, what that tells them, it's an evident token, it's an evident sign that you've turned your back on God, that you really never had any faith in Him to begin with, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, um, okay, sorry, I dropped my recorder. Um, so it's the last message that you really want to convey to a um a cultist that's coming after you that you're terrified of them this is just scriptural proof of that I, I don't see jesus christ backing down to anybody i i don't see that but then it, it ends by saying but to you of salvation and that of god well in other words if you when you don't back down when you're not terrified of your adversaries, 
it is confirmation of our salvation and that of God. Okay, so it's it's actually an evidence of, of, of a fruit, almost like a fruit of the Spirit. I'm not terrified of my adversaries. doesn't mean that we can't ever get you know, in a situation where that we don't feel that fear trying to creep in and get and get us. And it doesn't mean that if we are afraid in a, in a certain situation, then we're not saved. Okay, I'm not saying that because everybody's at a different stage and level of faith. And God has appointed to every man a measure of faith. So not everybody has the same level of faith. And not everybody's called to do what I'm talking about here either. I don't think there's a lot of people that are. I do think that there's more though and we're going to see more of them by necessity because of the days and times that we're moving in. And I mean by necessity where it's going to be necessary to literally engage these things. And I think that all the stuff like that I'm going through is just one more example of just one Christian being trained to literally engage these entities and in when you're in training what are you doing you're learning you're learning so that in the future battles you can have things to draw back on and, and remember and say ah i've been through this before oh i saw that trick before it's not going to happen again maybe maybe it got you maybe one of the arrows flaming arrows of the enemy got through okay in some previous attack well and then you learn from the battle that you were in previously so then when you get into the next battle, which might be a lot harder, you're not going to fall for that again. It's a learning process. I didn't start out this way. I mean, I didn't go like when I was dealing with those voodoo witch doctors. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that I was going to be engaged into this battle with them. It wasn't something I necessarily wanted, but it happened. And the Lord prevailed through it. So um, that verse really stuck with me this week and, and again that was philippians 128 and, and nothing terrified by your adversaries which to them is which to them which is to them an evident token of perdition so it's the last message that we want to send to our adversaries that we're terrified of them okay because that's just basically giving them confirmation you know what <laughs> you are a little weasel aren't you Mr. Big Bad Christian, you are a weasel, and we're coming to get you. So that's, um, anyway, I thought that was important to go over that. Then she goes on to say, I will tell you another story. I was 16 years old at my girlfriend's home, which was a, a caravan, and a group of my girlfriend's, which was a caravan, and a group of my friend, girlfriend's decided to play with the Ouija board game. I was a Christian and I didn't join in. Instead, I went outside. It didn't take long before one of the girls was sent outside as the Ouija board was asking for Donna. Remember, this is Donna writing me. This is my Christian listener. So the Ouija board was literally asking for Donna. I told my friends I was not going to play, so she returned inside. It wasn't long again as she returned, as the evil spirit, basically, that was guiding their hands on the Ouija board, insisted that I go inside and play the game with them, and so again, I refused. The third time she returned to insist I go inside, I was so fed up and annoyed, I went inside with her, and I told the Ouija board that I was not going to play with it. Quote, Well, as soon as I said that, both doors of the caravan flung shut and locked. 
Um, now the caravan, I don't know if that's a, I'm not really sure what that is. I know there's like, um, car there's like Ford caravans, <laughs> like the, the, the actual cars or minivans or whatever. Um, anyway, it's some type of home. It was called a caravan. Um, both doors of the caravan flung shut and locked. Maybe it was a, a Ford caravan. And the girls were screaming in terror and fear, shouting, the doors are locked, we can't get out. Well, by this time, I was so angry and infuriated, I screamed at it with all the power and might of the Lord the, at the Ouija board, open up these doors right now in the name of Jesus. End of quote. Both doors unlocked and flung open, and those girls never played the Ouija board again, and they got to experience the power of the Lord, and my faith grew a lot. Praise the Lord. Okay, so again, we have another example of the evil spirit of the Ouija board trying to instill fear in everybody, which they feed off of, and it makes these spirits grow even stronger, you know, but then it was all counteracted by the faith of one Christian giving this thing a direct command in the name of Jesus, which it had to obey. So really, who has the power? And I think this is a big reason why these witches don't like my studies. Because I'm here to try to build up your faith. I'm here to try to increase your faith. I'm here to show you the um, the tricks of the devil. We're not to be ignorant of his devices lest he get an advantage of us, as the Bible talks about. And they don't want you knowing this stuff. They don't want Christians having faith to actually battle wickedness. They want everybody which is 99 plus percent of the average Christian population most likely in America, maybe I'm wrong, but it's probably plus 95%. They want people being ignorant of Satan's devices. They want them void of faith. They don't want them engaging evil. They don't want them thinking that they're in a spiritual battle. They just want you to go to sleep and stay asleep for the time when the slaughter will come. That's how they're looking at it at least. They don't want Christians fighting. If there was, a, if there was, you know, even fifty percent of people that claim to be Christians really, really fighting against wickedness in America alone, this world, America would be a totally different place. I just think there's so few people doing it that it's wickedness is is overcoming. And the Bible said it was going to be this way. It's not anything I get I get frustrated about because the Bible predicted it was going to be this way. The Bible says, evil men and seducers shall wax, meaning grow, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, regarding the end times especially. You look at Revelation, Daniel, and it's all about witchcraft. It's all about the, the false prophet and the antichrist coming to power. It's all about deceiving the whole world. It's all about establishing a one world religion, new world order, one world political system, one world economic system. Well, you don't do that by being holy. You don't do that by focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ in mass. You're, you're doing that by the generations becoming more wicked. It's just common sense. Um, so let's go further here. Those powers of darkness did challenge and taunt me. I am the biggest scaredy cat there is. I'm not a big brave Christian who goes around looking for darkness to fight. But I think as a believer there is an instinct to stand against the power of darkness when taunted. Okay, and that's what I did. Okay, and then again, you just look at the verse I just read. We don't want to show, we, you, you, the last message you want to convey to your enemy, 
to somebody, let's let's say this is just overt evil you're dealing with here. Let's say it's a literal witch, it's a literal war, it's a literal occultist, or it's a literal black-eyed being. The last message you want to send to them is that you're terrified of them. Why? Because it's an evident token to them. It's an evident sign, meaning, to them of your perdition. Walking away from the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. A turning from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's different ways that word perdition is defined. So anyway, I just thought that that was um, some points that, in addition to last week's study, if you haven't heard it, you might want to go listen to that, um, and then the study before that, because that seemed to be the study that really, really ticked them off. And it's also that study before it, the one on the, uh, the it wasn't Omega study, but it was a end time disclosure study. That seemed to be um, one of the ones I've gotten the most positive feedback on in a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, these are just things to keep in mind. Okay, then my next uh, email from a listener, Patricia, uh, she says, now that I've seen that photo, meaning the photo of the black-eyed witch that I had in the PDF for last week. If you haven't seen it, you can... Now, remember, she said in that photo, she says, this is me in my natural state, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I do know what it means. That means that's the way she looks normally. And in her shape-shifted state, she will have normal eyes with normal pupils. That's the way it looks, you know. But normally, if she's just in her unshape-shifted state, she has totally black eyes and i realize you can buy black contacts and do this stuff i i I get that okay but normally even with those you're going to see a little bit of white on the sclera because you know contacts it's just typical okay i saw no white on the sclera in the picture that i saw um and again, I've had other listeners see these things. I've seen a lot of other firsthand accounts of these things. And then the, the, the coupled with the fact that when people encounter black-eyed children, or black-eyed, not so many people are really seeing the black-eyed adults as much as they are children as far as, you know, coming up to your car or going to your house and this type of thing. Um, it is also accompanied by a, a unbelievable, evidently, sense of fear. And, dry, and again, you let that overtake you. You are so vulnerable. Even if you're a Christian, you're vulnerable. I'm not saying God can't protect you. But again, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Okay? And if we're terrified of our adversaries, that is an evident token to them of our perdition. Now, I'm not saying that means you're going to hell. I'm saying it may be a step along the way, though, in God showing you how to not be terrified of your adversaries. And maybe by you listening to this study and other studies I've done, when you come to that situation where maybe that happens to you, you're going to draw upon that. You're going to draw upon the words I've said about this particular subject. You're going to draw upon the words of the Lord. You're going to know other Christians have defeated these things. And you're not going to be terrified. You're going to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and, and battle these things in whatever manner God you know, and I always think quoting scripture is a real, you know, kind of a no-brainer thing to do. Quoting scripture, they do not want to encounter the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, let's go further. Um, 
now that I've seen that photo, I have to tell you what I just read. It's called Walking Among Us by David M. Jacobs. And again, remember what I said about they walk among us? Okay, so, so this book sounds totally confirmatory to what we're talking about here. Not only today, but last week studying a lot of other studies. And I just looked it up on Amazon. It's walking among us, the alien planet control humanity. Now, now remember, when they say aliens, just understand that just we're dealing with Nephilim. We're dealing as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was going on in Noah's day? We'll go to Genesis 6. Sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wise off that they chose. They bore them giants. I'm going to go over this a little bit more later. I've done tons of studies on this. It wasn't the godly line of Seth. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's, it's a different way they're going about what was accomplished in Genesis 6. Why was it so important to Satan to have what went on in Genesis 6 because he defiled humanity. He defiled their DNA. He corrupted humanity. So much so that it said it repented God that he'd even made man and then he had to basically destroy the world and start over via eight people on the ark and the animals. And I do believe to a large extent the reason he had to do that is because the DNA of humanity had been so defiled at that point he had to kind of start over. It's like a reset button. Well, that's the exact same thing that's going on today. It's just way more covert. And is 19... Now, this is from 1998, this book? Oh, my word. The, the threat Jacobs uncovered disconcerting reports about aliens' plans for the future of Earth. He reported that a change is coming. A future when the very human-like hybrids would intermingle with humans in everyday life. Now, isn't this, isn't this thought-provoking that this was 18 years ago? This book was evidently released. Oh no, I'm sorry. In his 1998 book, The Threat, he talked about this. Okay, so this guy is evidently pretty visionary. Okay, the book that we're talking about now is called Walking Among Us, Alien Planet Control Humanity. So then, I guess you fast forward um, to 2015 from 1998 and he writes another book and he's probably had stuff in between. I don't know. Anyway, the threat Jacobs uncovered disconcerting reports about alien plans for the future of Earth. He reported that a change is coming, a future where the very human-like hybrids would intermingle with humans in everyday life. I'm telling you, it's happening right now. Taylor saw one not too long ago. Did her job. Right in front of her, two feet away. Taylor, for some reason, when she encounters these things, she has no fear of them. And the lady knew i guess it was i think it was her right eye that was full reptilian and her left eye wasn't now remember they have to have certain things in order to be able to hold form a lot of the time i've heard it's human blood now i don't know if that's the case with all the hybrids i don't know exactly what they need in order to hold form it might have been the fact that taylor was a christian she couldn't hold form in front of her maybe that was enough right there I've heard that one person said that you can force a shift by thinking sublime spiritual thoughts in their presence, usually thinking of Jesus Christ or Father God. This energy flows from you like light from a candle, also radiating spiritual heat 
as it does a candle. If they are close by, this causes them to cough at first, and then stages of the shifting starts. Now, I don't know if she coughed at some point before that or what, but these are things that, that might be useful for you to know. Um, I've also, I read the other day that if you go and even if you're doing it under your breath, proclaiming judgment, let's say you're in a wicked place and you proclaim God's judgment on this place, that can also force people that are of this ilk or hybrids that are of this ilk to start to shapeshift into what they actually are. Maybe that might mean that they go black-eyed. Maybe it might mean that they start to reptilian their, their eyes. Usually it's the eyes that go first, from what I've been told. Um, just some things to think about. I'm not being like 100% dogmatic here and saying, oh, I know, you know, but I'm saying these are some things I have read and I try to kind of file things like this away. I had a, I told you this before, there was a guy that had come out with a book, and this was like way back, this was like, probably like 2005, at least, and he had come out with his book, and he wasn't a Christian, but he was really, really, really deep alien slash, deep underground base slash, that type of researcher, forget his, his name, it was really like, kind of a weird name and he said that i think he said that they had glasses they've invented these prism type glasses that you could actually see these entities they had a different color aura i think it was a violent a violet aura now you could say oh now you're getting new age no auras are something that can be photographed via curling photography Curlian photography is, in my estimation, objective. Why? Because it's a specific type of photography that is literally an image on film. Okay? I don't see anything new age with it. Now, is it a fact that 99% of people that would look at curling photography are new age out of their mind? Yes. But, like an x-ray, it's objective. It, it shows this energy field around our bodies. Which I totally believe is true. We are electrical beings. Our nervous system, our CNS system, central nervous system, our peripheral nervous system, all of this is guided via electrical impulses coming from the brain, you know, going down the spine, going out to all the different parts of our uh, bodies, going to our heart. It's what keeps our heart beating. All of these things are, are electrical. And an aura is just a way of seeing, kind of documenting this. And it's an objective photo that you can have taken, okay? And I, I think in the thing that, that they had said that the um, these non-human entities, particularly reptilians that were shape-shifted, were, had a violent, violet aura. And this guy went to a mall, and he had one of these glasses on, he identified somebody like this, it was a guy, he followed him back home, he lived in like a mobile home thing it was in the desert and the guy actually had enough moxie to go up and knock on this guy's door and when the guy came to the front door he had four reptilian slits when he answered the door and the guy that was following him i i think just said oh i got the wrong house but he confirmed it so at the time i emailed this guy and i said listen i said do you have 
how we could get a pair of these glasses or is it something you can make or whatever? And he, he came back at me just so arrogant and sanctimonious. Yo, you little worm, you, you don't know what kind of power you're dealing with. And if you ever encountered one of these things in purpose, you'd basically beg for your life and scream and wet your pants and all this other stuff. And I went right back at the guy and I said, you evidently don't know the God I serve, devil boy. I said, because, no, that ain't, that's not happening with me. I said, I would gladly confront them, and you have no clue who you're dealing with in, in regard to my God. Okay, just, just because you don't have any faith, and just because that's what you would do if you encountered one of them, doesn't mean that's what I'm going to do. So, but that's the problem, is that most of the time when you're dealing with anybody on the subject, you're going to deal with somebody way, way super new age. It's been my experience, you know. And I mean, I didn't want to, like, respond back to him that way, but he was so arrogant toward me and so pompous and so, you know, I'm like, no, you, you need to understand a true Christian, there are true Christians out there that, okay, maybe they're called to this battle. They're not going to respond that way, and I want you to know that. I want you to understand that. And I think I, I adequately conveyed that to him. Um, okay, so back to this description of this book. Uh, there's a future where the very human hybrids would intermingle with humans in everyday life. Soon we will all be together, the alien said. Soon everyone will be happy and everyone will know his place. Again, a forked tongue lie from the pit of hell. Soon we're all going to be happy. Why? Because we're subjugated to you like we were in Noah's day. Where do you think you get all the, the, the legends of the Greek gods? Zeus and Apollo and all these things. Those were the fallen angels that came down, commingled with women, and then had their Nephilim byproducts, like Hercules, like Apollo. These are all the legends of old. Most likely, most of those legends occurred in Noah's day. Now, they would have had to have made it on the ark, and it might have been through oral tradition. Maybe they had written tradition that, that spread after the ark, after that. Maybe some of it occurred, because the Bible does say they were, they were um, the sons of God were on the earth in those days, and then it said that they bore them giants, Nephilim, and they were there during those days and also after that. Well, we know when they went into the promised land, there was giants there. So, evidently, there was more angels that fell and created that problem. So... We've got different time eras, I guess is the point I'm trying to make, where you could have these these legends of the gods, Zeus and Apollo and all these other ones, and you know, then their their offspring, which they which they will clearly say is their offspring, you know. Like Achilles, like Hercules. They were they were Nephilim type, half fallen angel, half human. Okay. The book examines a disturbing phenomenon that Jacob began noticing in 2003. Now, this is the new book. The Alien Integration Action Plan has kicked into high gear. The incidents of alien abductions have accelerated as have occurrences of alien involvement in everyday human life. A silent, insidious invasion has begun. Alien hybrids have moved into your neighborhood and into your workplace. Well, what did, what did my one listener, James, say? It's like every time he went out, now, this hasn't been happening to him. I got emails from other listeners saying, well, that James guy, he must, he must not be right with God or something. He's encountering all these, these hybrids and these people reptilians. And I, I'm, like, I'm like, why? Because God's trying to show him? 
the guy had a deliverance ministry for a long time. He kind of got out of out of that. And now God's taken him through a different phase. Now, he hasn't been seeing these things lately like he had for that time period. But I think when God shows you a lot of stuff in a very short time period, you can't just say, oh, you know, that was just some kind of aberration. That was just some kind of fluke. No, it wasn't a fluke. God was taking him through that season for a reason. And he showed him in rapid fire succession because he wanted to indelibly, indelibly put this on his brain that this is not your imagination and that this is going on and that it is a gigantic problem that you are most likely going to be called to battle. Okay? So that's why I think that happened to him. I've been shown a little bit differently. I've been shown a little bit more along the way. I haven't really got that super, super big crash course like maybe he got. Mine started, though, way back when, you know, I started dealing with, let's say, the voodoo high priest and then that Northport devil thing. And if you don't know about these things, key in supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and it's my supernatural experiences up until that point. Those are some of them. Um, let's go further. Okay, so this this um this description of the book says that the alien integration plan has kicked into high gear the incidents of alien abductions have accelerated as have occurrences of alien involvement in everyday human life a silent and insidious evasion has begun the alien hybrids have moved into your neighborhood into your workplace they have been trained by human abductees to quote pass or to blend into society who do you think's teaching them well anywhere from I'd say three to five percent of the population, depending on what statistics you're looking at, have claimed to be abducted. Part of the reason, and I didn't really know this up until now, is that they're literally training these hybrids on how to integrate into society what is normal societal behavior. I mean, think about it. It's not like you can take a, de a demon or a devil or my, or my buddy Jasmine, the black-eyed witch, and... And I'm, she's not my buddy, but I'm just being tongue-in-cheek. And all of a sudden, introduce them into society, and they're going to know exactly how to behave like a human. They're not going to know that. They're not going to be able to experience real human emotions or be able to, or be able to you know, deal with that if they're presented with that. Well, part of the reason you're, you're getting the abductions is actually these abductees are training. Sometimes I believe it's they're training their own offspring, their own, because they're, the women are impregnated. You know, six months into the pregnancy, they get reabducted, then the baby's gone all of a sudden. And then they're reintroduced back to their hybrid offspring. And maybe part of that sometimes is training them on how to integrate into society and blend in uh, to appear as normal as your next-door neighbor. The book illustrates in detail the process of alien integration into society and the strategy and support structure that has been developed to make this happen seamlessly. I'll tell you what, this sounds like a book that we could probably all benefit from reading. I want to read it now when I see this. While he is not certain why they are doing it, and again, this guy doesn't sound like it's coming from a Christian, but if he's being objective in looking at what their plans are, that is the biggest thing to me. You know, as objective as he can be. 
Um, while he is not certain why they are doing it, the final chapter of the book will provide some chilling possible answers as to why they are here and what they want to accomplish. Jacobs is a careful researcher who has instigated, investigated more than 1,150 abduction events experienced by more than 150 abductees why is it so many because when you start getting abducted you just keep getting abducted unless you get saved and cry out to the lord jesus christ as the abduction is happening and then that's like throwing battery acid on them and then the abductions will stop if you're doing it in faith every time just go into ce4 research c is in cat e is in edward the number four research.com pretty sure it's that or just look it up ce4 research and you'll see from joe jordan's website all the people that have stopped alien abductions by crying out to the lord jesus christ when the abduction started happening some of these were, were abducted before they got saved or they cried out to the lord jesus christ the abduction stopped they don't want to get battery acid thrown on them it's kind of the same concept as what i was dealing with this black-eyed witch you're dealing with pure evil they're coming to get you or they're coming to kill you and you and you trust and you call out to the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's and it stops, it stops. Um, so wow, it's a four and a half star, hundred three customer reviews. It's four and a half stars. Wow. So there's there's one that that might you know help you out a little bit there. I'm gonna send that to myself. That's something I really want to check out. It looks like you can get it on kindle for 10.99 and paperback i think buy it new it's 16.83 you can get um it looks like you can it goes all from 12.83 you can even get new ones so it's not a very expensive book in other words uh so anyway yeah there you go that could be of i think of great help now uh, going back to this uh letter um i just started listening to your teaching i saw that woman's picture and i had to tell you what i just read right after i read and this is a book called women women in black and i was blown away i immediately turned around and read walking among us by david m jacobs which was the book i just went over i sent you david m jacobs video his video prompted me to read this his book i still haven't even watched the clips yet on that um and I don't think the guy's perfect. I mean, we had a conversation about it. It's not like I I haven't even read his book yet, but it sounds like he's got some very, very, very pertinent, interesting points regarding this subject that continues to keep being brought up over and over again at an increasing level as we get further into the end times. There's got to be some end game with all this alien garbage. It's been shoved down our throat every way it can be. And you just can't tell me there's no end game to it. Oh, it's just done for our, to make us scared and our entertainment. So Hollywood can make a lot of money. Yeah, I don't think so. I think there's way more to it than that. Um, she said, I sent you Jacob, Jacob M, David M. Jacob's video. The video prompted me to read his book. His book blew me away. The synopsis is this. Now, this is her take on the book that I just gave you the summary of. Dr. Jacob... Dr. Jacobs calls hybrids that look like us hubrids. Normally, they are indistinguishable from us, as opposed to hybrids that are clearly a mix of alien and human, meaning you would, un you would know if it was part human, part like. 
let's say it looked like half gray alien and half human. You're going to notice that on the street. Okay? <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to notice. There's no, there's no way they're going to really be able to blend in. But these hubrids are indistinguishable from us. So I think that's a pretty good distinction that he's making there. Okay, continuing. Dr. Jacobs has no idea how many of them are here, but they're here and they have integrated with us. Many of them have not integrated well because they cannot identify what it is to be human. Dr. Jacobs spends most of the book explaining all the ways they have trouble integrating with us. Think of just about every major facet of your life, your friends, your family, and think of every activity you engage in on a daily basis, like going to the grocery store, getting yourself dressed, eating, you name it. These guys have trouble figuring out our attitudes towards and why we do things the way we do. Basically, these things cannot identify with any aspect of humanity because the environment on the UFOs or wherever they're, they're brought up is so different. They are all telepaths. They are all amoral, meaning they don't have a moral code. They don't have a moral compass. They don't have a conscience. So if they go and they, you know, kill somebody, it's no big deal. They have no empathy. They have no sympathy. They have no morality. This is why they would need to be trained. What are the acceptable social norms? What are the parameters? What do you do and what do you not do? And still maintain your cover. If you think about this, this all makes sense. That this would be a logical, this would be something that, you know, they would need to know. Because they're just not going to know it innately. Um, going further here. Uh, they're all telepaths, they're all moral, they're devoid of empathy or compassion. Their whole focus is to attempt to blend in and look normal. Now, there may be some people listening to me right now, and they, all of a sudden, there may be some things clicking in their own life like yeah maybe that's why this co-worker or maybe that's why this neighbor or maybe that's why this acquaintance seems so off now i'm not i'm not saying that's the case i'm not saying that you okay now we're, we're going on some type of alien witch hunt constantly but it may be the confirmation that you've been waiting for uh let's go further here this is where the discussion becomes important. Even if many of them, the hubrids, now remember, the hubrids are the ones that look like us and are indistinguishable from us. Physically. Okay. And this would be more like the black-eyed witch that emailed me. She has the ability to look indistinguishable from us, but in her natural state, she's a black-eyed being. Okay, maybe in some of their states, they're, they have reptilian slits for eyes, and maybe, who knows, what else? I don't know. Um, many of them, the hubrids, are rough around the edges, and that does not matter because they are not only telepaths, but they have the, the ability to control what we think and do. Now, I also believe that that ability would be much, much, hopefully, negated from a true born-again Bible-believing Christian. Now, again, though, if we're ignorant of Satan's devices, he can get an advantage of us. We can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Bible's very clear on that, Hosea 4, 6. So, being ignorant of this 
topic that we're talking about today is not going to benefit you in any way, shape, or form. And it may make you vulnerable to that very control she's talking about to a certain extent. I do believe it will be limited, but if you're aware of it and you're maybe praying about it and you're praying, going about your everyday business, you're pleading the blood of Jesus over your workplace, over your house, praying your angel, the Lord's angels and camp around about you and go before you to prepare the way. Um, praying that your spiritual eyes are open to these types of entities. Praying that they would have no ability to deceive you in any way, shape, or... I don't think there's anything unbiblical with this, what I'm talking about here. Pray, pray when you go out at the start of the day. That, you know, if I encounter these entities, Lord, I pray they have no ability to deceive me. I pray I see them for, for what they are. If you think you can handle that, and we need to get to the point where we can handle it. Because I, I just got this really bad feeling that at some point they're going to come out in the open. And this is going to be commonplace. Why do you think that guy said in the book that, you know, that's their ultimate goal is to come down and we're going to all be friends and we're going to all be happy. Because at some point the gloves, the, the masks are going to come off. I really believe that. Was were the masks off in Noah's day? Do you think the giants were going around and acting like they were normal people? Oh, I'm just just like you. No, I don't think so. I think they were the people of that day were forced to deal with that. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We're just it's just way more subtle. It's way more incremental in this day and age we're living in. Let's go further. Uh, she goes on to say, I think some are telekinetic. The more human, the hybrid, the weaker their mental skills. Now, I don't know if this has to do with crossbreeding. Let's say the woman was impregnated by one of these Nephilim-type devil alien creatures, whether it's a large, tall gray, a reptilian, I don't know, whatever, okay? She has a child, okay? She gets pregnant, she gets abducted. They have the child. She's reintroduced back to the child years later, okay? The child looks strangely like her, and she has some connection to it, but it also looks part alien. Well, those are not the ones, I believe, that are going to be reintroduced into society, um, unless they have some type of way of shape-shifting and looking human, I don't think that. I think those are the true hybrids, and then these hubrids maybe are another cross-breeding of that. I don't know. It's hard to be dogmatic here. But they're indistinguishable from us, at least in their non-shape-shifted form. I'm just thinking out loud here. So, um, let's go forward here. Uh, let's see. They're, she thinks that they're, they're, they may be telekinetic, meaning they can move. Usually telekinesis is when you can do things, when you can manipulate matter with your mind. Okay, I can move something across the room with my mind. I can, you know, that type of stuff. There, there's, there's a lot of different ways I think that can manifest. Um, but the more human, the hybrid, the weaker their mental skills they can force us to do their bidding, whatever their bidding is, whether we want to do it or not, and they can make us forget we did it. Now, remember, again, 
let's use that with a grain of salt. Let's say, okay, a true born-again Bible-believing Christian, no, I don't believe they're going to have near the uh, ability to do that. Especially if that person is, is a, you know, possesses a lot of faith. But if the person's totally clueless about what we're talking about, you know, are they being destroyed for lack of knowledge? Are they ignorant of Satan's devices? And is he getting an advantage of them? Uh, it sure can't help not knowing this, being in the dark, being totally clueless about what we're talking about here. I mean, I'm learning as, as we're talking about this. And it, this really is filling in a lot of blanks for me and, and confirming a lot of what I've reported on in the, in the past. The aliens are very proud of them when they blend in well. Okay, meaning these hubrids, which tells me most of them do not blend in well. The BEK, meaning the black-eyed kid phenomenon, sounds identical to the poorly integrated hubrid that does not blend in well. Why? Because when the black-eyed kid comes to your front door, he's like, food, give me, food time. It's really weird and choppy and, and this sense of unbelievable terror comes over you and he's got totally black eyes and he's like, you know... <laughs> He's not exactly blending in well societally at that point, you know. He's a little rough around the edges. He, he needs to work on it a little bit. It's his delivery. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so he's, he's got a long way to go, this little devil. So, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's true, okay? Or let's say the men in black, they come to your front door. Isn't that always the same case? Every account I've ever seen of the men in black, they look like they're from the 50s. They've got their... their you know, they're these black suits that they're wearing. They're driving like, a, like a black Cadillac from like the fifties, and you know they're very awkward and disjointed, and and they speak choppy, and they and they they they're just not integrated at all from a societal standpoint. They would stick out like a th sore thumb. They don't. Un they'll like look down and like look at a pencil and like what's this you know and and uh, stuff like that they have no clue okay so you're seeing that non-ability to to adapt societally from black-eyed children from men in black and i'm sure to a certain extent these hubrids but the hubrids are getting the training most likely from their mothers the brood the brood mother the breeder mother that bore them and they're being and the again they can erase your memory so the mother may be doing all kind of stuff to help them along during abduction scenarios and then their memories are erased and she doesn't even remember doing it but she's helping junior along so he can go in and reintegrate into society that's what's going on uh this is really insightful stuff here. Let's go further here. Uh, so the aliens are proud of them when they blend in well, um, but most of them don't. Uh, let's see here. There are important points I want to bring up. First off, if you are an abductee, all of your children and all of their children will be abductees and so forth, unless you break the chain through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll add that in. So being an abductee is not a random thing. Some abductees, we don't know how many there are, are important for training hybrids. This is what I was just mentioning. The things do not need much sleep. So they show up on an abductee's doorstep in the middle of the night, 
and ask for a shopping trip to the all-night Walmart or a lot of questions or want to learn how to drive. Um, mind you, the abductee will not remember this, but will wake up exhausted from a night's activities. So they might even be on, you know, okay, they haven't even been abducted. But their progeny, their, their progeny, their hybrid child, their abomination, hubrid, shows up. Hey, mom, I really, you know, I need to know how to drive. I need to know how to, you know, go to Walmart and get some GMO food. Um, can you tell me how to play this harmonica? You know, whatever. And, and so mom's up most of the night showing this little abomination, Junior the Abomination, how to do various things so that at some point that child will be reintegrated into society. And how easy would it be to do that? I mean, I could go right now and go to another city where nobody knows me. And like, let's say I had a fake ID and a fake passport or whatever. And I just say, okay, hey, I'm Billy Bob whatever. I'm one of you. Here's my, I go to get a job. Here's my fake everything that looks totally official. How, how easy would it be for that to go on? And all of a sudden, they're in a workplace somewhere. They might have had 10 years of training for this very moment on how to integrate into society. They're not even human, though. And they're being put there on purpose. <laughs> I mean, this is some heavy-duty stuff here. And I truly believe this is way more common than any of us know. And if Christians in mass start praying about this subject... And start praying that they're not able to hold form in public, or that God would show them. Do you do you know what a what a the 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 light of Christ to shine upon this and to expose it for what it is? And maybe some of the lukewarm Christians would actually start waking up and realizing we're, we're really in a spiritual battle, and it's really manifesting like right now, and it's really super important. Something to think about, something to pray about. Uh, let's go further here. I know, I know I'm way over time on this part, but I can't, just can't see stopping here. And, and I'm going to finish this part, and then we'll go to the next part. Uh, let's see here. So, being an abductee is not a random thing. Some abductees we know, we don't know how many there are, are important for training hubrids. These things, okay, we already read that. Um, mind you, the abductee will not remember this, but will wake up exhausted from the night's activities. Uh, it was obvious from some of the side comments that being an abductee was an exhausting, life-ruining occupation. It's, if you could call it an occupation. The abductees all seem to be having sexual relations with some sort of hybrid being. Now, okay, so if an abductee was having sexual relations with a hybrid being, um, then that child would be basically one quarter, let's just say devil, alien, whatever you want to call it, and three quarters human. Because a hybrid, let's just say the hybrid's 50% human, 50% whatever, fallen angel, whatever you want to call it. Okay, well, in Genesis 6, the giants were 50% human, 50% fallen angel. Okay, um... If an abductee were going to have sexual relations with a hubrid, the hubrid 
or the hybrid is again hybrid it's half human half so it would have much more of a propensity to actually look human is the point i'm trying to make three quarters human one quarter hybrid i totally believe it's unredeemable from a christian standpoint it's not it's still still not human it's it's dna is way too defiled to be considered that and then you look at the fact they have no compassion no sympathy no whatever now again i'm theorizing some of these things but um let's go forward here uh the abductees all seem to be having sexual relations with some sort of hybrid being without knowing this without the help of hypnosis now hypnosis is bad news though okay a lot of people that undergo undergo the hypnotic regression like become suicidal i've i've had whole teachings on that just can't hypnosis in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com if you if you want to know more about that because i've done studies on it dr jacob states the sexual relationship is an important part of the program um but he does not speculate why and i don't know why he wouldn't because that's probably the most important part of it lastly for the big bomb on the subject of sexuality hubrids do not have sexual relations with each other they only have sexual relationships with humans again why would they want to defile each other they're already already defiled what would satan's purpose for them be to defile humanity okay to create more defiled humanity from a genetic level and who knows what the demonic exchange is when you have sex with a hybrid or a, a woman that's a black-eyed being i mean you can't even probably imagine the amount of demons that are infesting you when you have sex with a black-eyed woman or a woman were to have sex with a black-eyed man it's a whole other level of demons you have just adopted probably of a very high order so that's that's a whole other subject um they only have sexual relationships with humans one female hybrid in the book states uh to an abductee that the reason for having sexual relations with humans is bonding she said nothing about reproducing though the abductee did not understand the answer i don't really think dr jacobs understood the answer also the same female hybrid was on multiple was in multiple relationships with men human men that were not consensual or even remembered the problem occurred when and again this is why the bubble the bible says above all flee fornication and adultery because those sins defile your soul essentially and i'm paraphrasing okay you steal something or you commit some kind of sin it's not defiling you like a sexual relationship would do whether it's and that this is a whole other level of sexual defilement now you're sleeping with non-human entities you're, you're sleeping with demons and devils basically it's different than just having you know going out and, and having a one-night stand which is bad enough but this is this is a whole other level here okay from a spiritual standpoint what's happening to you i don't even know but it cannot be good you know so um this same female hybrid was in multiple relationships with men who were not and, and again that's they, they put these things out there sounds like in large part these hybrids are being introduced into our society so that they can have illicit sexual relations with men and the, and the guys with women knowing what's happening to them 
on a on a satanic spiritual level um being totally demon infested to the toenails most likely and knowing how that person probably will have very very little likelihood of ever getting saved in the future and will probably be used mightily of satan to do their bidding at some point now i'm not saying they can't be saved but um you know the bible talks a lot about you know how dangerous that is i mean you look at the book of um proverbs where it talks about the the whorish woman and her feet take hold or her you know her feet take hold of hell and you know she's gonna drag you down into hell and and i mean it's really really sobering stuff so can you imagine what one of these things could do to you like a woman to do to a guy or 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 a guy hubrid to do to a woman and it's it's what's even worse about this is these people a lot of times it's not consensual or remembered i don't know um The same female hubrid was in multiple relationships with men that were not consensual or remembered. The problem occurred when three of her partners, two were brothers, were all at a party together. Oh boy, you know, <laughs> you know now the chickens are going to home, come home to roost. She's going to get caught. One of them, quote, woke up and realized who she was and felt like she belonged to him personally. This should not have happened, though, because she hadn't had done evidently her brainwashing well enough so that he didn't remember she handled the situation though by getting them back under her mental control through her you know all her mind games and um telepathy or whatever mind control she's using and put them put them all to bed i want you to think of the magnitude of what i'm saying this demon possessed vessel of satan has been having sex with men who did not knowingly even consent these men did not know afterward that they had had sex with her. Now, I do believe in that example. If the men had done nothing to initiate this and they were just basically, it was not consensual, they didn't even know what they were doing, I do believe that God would give that person an extra measure of grace regarding hopefully maybe getting saved. You know what I mean? Because God knows the circumstance and if it, if it wasn't even consensual... Now, I'm not saying that means they're all going to get saved. I'm just saying I would think that God would extend to them maybe an extra measure of grace regarding that because they didn't even know what was going on. Um, again, a whole other thing to pray about that you would have probably never, ever thought about to pray about. You know? It's just crazy. Um going further there were male hybrids with the abductees and one hybrid mentioned with women at large are doing this as well um the the one male hybrid told one of the abductees that he has quote many girlfriends i don't know if any of these women consented either though also several of the abductees are developing mental abilities like the aliens I have to ask myself if this is due to the fact that they were having sex with these aliens, bonding with them, and the demons can enter in with ease. Yes, that's exactly why, I believe. And who knows, maybe they're, they're, a lot of these alien abductees have implants in them. Um, maybe there's neural implants. Maybe there's things that are giving them this, this elevated level of telepathy and these types of things. So, uh, she said, hands down, this is the most disturbing book I've ever read. 
and that was the end of her letter. So, wow, that's some crazy stuff there. Now, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we will go to part two next, and I'm going to talk about uh, a little, I'm going to give a little Bible study on the um, sons of God and the daughters of men, just to reiterate some things about that, and then we'll go further. So God bless you, and we will see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Kickery, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.